0: In this episode, we take a trip down memory lane to a day when the Princeton Tigers had one of their baseball stars be the game saver on the football field. Timothy P. Brown of FootballArchaeology.com joins us to tell this story and more coming up in just a moment.
1: This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes
0: Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And welcome to another edition where we get to go back in time and talk about some good old days of football. And uh, Timothy P. Brown of Football Archaeology is joining us to tell us about one of his recent tidbits on a very popular item, or maybe not so popular. We'll we'll find out here in a second uh, to learn something. Tim, welcome back to the Pigpen.
2: Aaron, thank you. Yeah, looking forward to chatting. Uh, About uh, a Mr. White.
0: Yeah, you you have a tidbit from August of this past year titled Sammy White's Moments of Glory. So what would you like to tell us? I assume this isn't the Sammy White that uh, played in the NFL in uh, the 70s.
2: No, different person, different person. This guy played about 60 years earlier. So this was Princeton's Sammy White. Who, if you go, you know, if you go to like Princeton's football website and look for like persons of glory who played for Princeton. Sammy White will still be one of the guys that's mentioned. He's you know, really considered one of the top guys, uh, not for his career, but for what he did in a couple of games. So, um, so the the kind of the, the background on this is that. Princeton, um, there was always the Princeton, Harvard and Yale triangle, uh, with Penn off to the side most of the time. But, um, from time to time, those teams would get mad at one another and disagree for this or for that reason. And then they just wouldn't play, you know, I mean, they didn't have a scheduling conference at the time, you know, and the Ivy's, the Ivy conference didn't exist until 54, I believe it was. So Um, so anyways, Harvard and Princeton schedule a game for 1911, but they hadn't played for 11 years, you know, prior to that due to one of those, you know, somebody got mad at the other. Um, so while there were, you know, key events or big events that happened on the field that day, other events happened up in the air. And, uh, one was just that, you know, hot, hot air balloon traveled by the field, uh, during the game, which is kind of cool. But uh, more importantly, the um, that day, a guy named Robert Collier, who was the publisher of Collier's Weekly, you know the magazine, uh, he was an aviation enthusiast, and he had an airplane. So he took his photographer, a guy named Hare, his last name, I think it's Robert Hare, but anyways, um, takes him up in the airplane, and they fly past the, the football field. And Hare takes pictures of the game being played down there on you know, Princeton's field. So it, that proves, or the, the pictures that he took that day proved to be the first aerial images of a football game being played. So, you know, just one of those little nuggets in a tidbit. So kind of interesting. Yeah. So anyways, uh, the game, Princeton's 5-0-2, oh, and, and Harvard's 5-0 you know, in the game. So two good teams. Um and Princeton Sammy White plays for Princeton and he's a he's a senior that year. Um, he didn't even play football as a sophomore, he was a substitute as a junior, and then spring of his junior season, he was the ball captain. So, you know, he's a fine athlete, he just wasn't that great of a football player. Um, but as a senior, he starts at left end. Uh and in the first uh, seven games when they went 5-0-2, he didn't really do anything special. He was just kind of there. And he continued starting, but, again, nothing really special. So in the in the Princeton-Harvard game during the second quarter, Harvard gets the ball down to the 10-yard line, and then Princeton kind of stops him. And, yeah, you know, this is 1911, so it's, you know, three downs instead of four downs at the time. So on third down, Harvard attempts a field goal uh but it's blocked and white happens to be in the right place at the right time he picks up the ball and heads the other way and ends up you know running running the ball right through the goal posts puts it down for a touchdown and because he ran it right through the goal posts they were able to kick the the extra point attempt from straight out from the goal posts from the middle of the field you know and they make it so it's 6 to nothing because five point touchdown at the time, one point, extra point. So then, um, in the third quarter, white as an end is the gunner on a punt, you know, nice long punt. It goes into the end zone, uh, white tackles the Harvard player for a safety and, um, makes it, uh, makes it to nothing. And then later on, Harvard scores a touchdown; they convert, so it's eight to six, and that that's the end of the game. So here's this white, who's not hasn't done a darn thing all year long, scores a touchdown, uh, tackles guy for safety to give uh, Princeton seven of their eight points in the game, and the difference, you know, in terms of beating Harvard. Um, so that's all great. Then they beat Dart the next week in a tough game, and then they finished their. Princeton finishes their season playing Yale on a bloody, not a bloody field, on a muddy field. And they hadn't beaten Yale since 1903. So, um, so you know, they're playing the game. And then at one point, Yale, uh, you know, pitches a lateral. And it goes a little wild. And it just so happens, Sammy White is standing there, picks it up, boom, heads down the field, and he's getting chased by a guy um, who finally kind of catches up to him at about the five yard line, you know, leaps for him to tackle, tackle him. And it's on them. They're on a, this really muddy field. So while he gets tackled at about the five, they both slide into the end zone for a touchdown, because at the time, you know, forward, you they had forward progress, but you actually had to stop the guy. It did not you know, <laughs> he's sliding on the ground or if he's crawling on the ground, that still was forward progress. Um, so anyways, he does that. He slides all the way into the end zone. They convert. So again, it's, they take a six, nothing lead. Yale ends up kicking a field goal, uh, later on in the game and Princeton wins six to three. So here's this guy who really hadn't done squat. I mean, Hey, he's starting for Princeton. So he's, you know, fine enough athlete. He's been, he'd been their baseball captain. Um, so, but, you know, he wasn't that good, but he was in the right place at the right time, two or three times in two of the biggest games of the year and, and on the national championship team, at least, you know, retrospectively or retroactively. So White becomes, White gets named to the first team all-american team (laughs) you know now did he deserve it you know he makes the biggest plays in the biggest games but otherwise was just an average player so it's just one of those it's it's an interesting you know i mean it's an interesting to think about just generally um but you know it's one of those where you know did he deserve to be an All American? Probably not, but he was, and so because of that, and because he helped them win the national championship, he's considered, you know, one of the studs in Princeton's football history.
0: Uh, you sit there and, and you think about that for. White Star. Sit there and think about that for a little bit, though. I mean, who's deciding the All American team in nineteen eleven? Walter Camp.
2: Well, at that point, it's uh, a guy named Mister Camp.
0: Yeah. So probably the two games that he probably saw Princeton play Yale, definitely and probably the Harvard game. So that's probably the two games that he saw and said, Hey, this guy's going out of his mind. So so, uh, not only was he on the spot, he was, uh, had the right games to, to perform those.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, back then, there's no film, right? I mean, there's no film to watch. You can't, catch the Washington game on television. You know, you can really only go on reputation, what you're hearing from coaches you trust and correspondence that you trust and what you see with your own eyes. So, you know, camp saw what he saw and heard what he heard. And so Mr. White's an all American.
0: <laughs> well, he, uh, lives on in, uh, you know, famously here in legendary and, uh, maybe there's some better players than him on his own team, even that didn't get the credit and we have forgotten yeah. them, but, uh, Hey, it's sure fun to talk about him here, you know, a hundred and some years later. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, he did,
2: he did have a, a teammate who's pretty famous named Hobie Baker. So he's the guy who kicked the extra points in each of those situations. So, you know, now he's known more for hockey than he is for football, but you know, yeah.
0: Huh. he
2: was a hell of a football player too
0: yeah well great stuff tim we always appreciate uh these tidbits that you come up with and finding these little inkling stories or facts and and figures and pieces of equipment and we really enjoy those and you, you share those with with you know the public each and every day maybe you could share with uh, our listeners here how they too can partake in uh, your tidbits
2: yeah uh real simple just go to footballarchaeology.com provide your email address and you'll get an email every night at 7 o'clock eastern with the nice tidbit read them then or let them pile up um, until you're ready to read them alternatively you can uh, follow me on on twitter on uh, substack on the substack app or on uh, threads all of, all of them under the name football archaeology so whatever suits your needs.
0: All right. Well, Timothy P. Brown, footballarchaeology.com. We thank you very much uh, for sharing this great story of Sammy White and uh, bringing uh, his story to our modern times and our modern years. And uh, we would love to hear another great story from you next week.
2: Very good. Look forward to it.
1: on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that. Darren Hayes, the host of the Big Skin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch Podcast. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.